Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Well, that was a precursor of what I want to share today. Several years ago, those who know me for a long time, when I was at Orlando House of Prayer, and I was a youth, uh, a young adult pastor, about over 200 people in my youth services. It was really crazy. Um, Mr. Tosado, you guys remember that back in the days. Um, I started a conference called Sound the Alarm, right? And it was out of this verse, um, but that the Sound the Alarm was always like a like a awakening type of conference. I had Todd White there. We had all these people throughout the years, and for about. Eight years I did this conference, and we went from venue to venue to venue because it kept, it kept on getting bigger. Uh, today I really want to talk about uh, the, the theme of sounding an alarm. I was expecting more amens on that. <laughs> sounding an alarm, hearing the alarm from heaven, but not only being the only one from heaven that God has sounded the alarm. Because today, I want to I wanna teach you from and encourage you from the scriptures that God has been sounding an alarm for a long time, but the church has been deaf to hear it. But it's time that the church sounds an alarm. All right? Because one of the biggest goals of the enemy is to keep you silent. In any area of life, where, whether it's I'm about to break free from this intimidation, silence. Remember, intimidation and fear has a, has a voice and a goal, and its goal is to silence you. If, you. if you think about fear and intimidation, this is just a little, before we read a little intro, its goal is to silence you. Remember that Elijah just called down fire. Okay, he must have had a pretty good prayer life yesterday, right, the day before. He called down fire, and the fire of God killed over 400 false prophets of Baal the very next day. Not a week later, not six months later, not he slipped, you know, three, four years later. Next day, Jezebel threatened him with a, dem- with a demonic. I know it's, it's demonically laced intimidation that had demonic power behind it. This man of God ran away in silence. And so with everything that's happening in this, in our nation, the turmoil, if you just, if you just look at the last five years, the divide, the division uh, between uh, political parties, between ethnic groups, between the church, there's a civil war in the church. I want to, I want to, humbly submit to you that if you look around this room, this is the kingdom of God. And listen, there's power in unity, even in unrighteous unity. Some say, what? The Tower of Babel was so united that the Bible says there's nothing impossible for them. We got we to gotta d- divide these things up and give them different languages. So if there is power in unrighteous unity where even the Lord says nothing can stop them, how much more when the people of God are unified? Wait, wait, wait. If there's power in demonic unity, how much more is there when the church of God unites in unity and forgets about these things and comes under the banner of Jesus Christ? And say, come over here, my brother. Come on, my Spanish brother, my Asian brother, my black brother, my white brother. And we all under the banner of Jesus, 
let's be more Jesus people than anything else at this time. Because, guys, people are looking for salt and light at this hour. And, and, and Jesus shocked the world because he said, he said, I'm the light of the world. Everybody's like, okay, kind of, we kind of know that. You just walked on water. But then he flips the script and he goes, you're the light of the world. Me? Yes, I'm the light. You're the light. We're both lights. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. But how can the salt have flavor if it has been taken away? So today I want to sound an alarm, listen, primarily to the church. Because we can't expect the world to act like Christians. The church has to act like Christians first. So in Joel chapter 2, God was not sounding an alarm or a call to sound an alarm just for uh, worldly people. He was basically talking to the people that named the name of the Lord. That called on the name of the Lord. I want to hear, I'm here to tell you, this is not a phase. This is a lifestyle. Now look at what the Bible says in, in Joel chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to look at the screen because um, I don't have the actual verses in my notes today. I actually have the, the scriptures. Now look at what it says. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Thereby say, sound an alarm. In my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Now you have to listen to this. For the day of the Lord is coming. Now, this is not doom and gloom. I'm going to tell you why in a second why this is happening. Let's jump to verse 12. Okay, let's jump to verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me. He's talking to Israel, all right? He's talking to the people of God. Turn to me with all your heart. Here's the, here's the, here's the alarm, okay? Okay. With fasting and weeping and with mourning. It doesn't sound like an encouraging message in 2022. It doesn't, does it? Right? Because the alarm that we've been hearing is not the alarm that God has been sounding. He says, this is my alarm. Turn to me with all your heart and during times of crisis. With fasting and weeping and mourning about the sins of the heart. The problem in America is the heart of man, the heart of people, okay? If I give you a burger, if I'm a burger seller or a food seller, and I sell you food, and you get overweight with that food, it's not me that is the cause of the problem. Come on, somebody. Just use your imagination. I'm not trying to push any agenda. I'm just telling you, we blame so many things, like if that thing has a heart of its own. If I sell you a burger, you can still get skinny. If I sell you a burger and you, and you do things more and more with your, with your body, you're going to gain weight. But it's not the one who sold it that's the issue. It's the heart of the person that's receiving it and the lack of discipline in that person that's making them do what they do. So he says, okay, listen, sound the alarm. Everybody say, sound the alarm. Turn to me with all your heart. So after sounding the alarm, he goes, this is the, what we need to do. With mourning, fasting, weeping, and mourning. Keep going with those verses, guys. So rend your heart, not your garments. So those of you who've been a while for, uh, in, in Christendom for a while, people that would tear their garments would actually tear it as a sign of mourning. But, but in the Old Testament, God says, listen, I want you to do it in your heart. And that was Old Testament. He's like, I'm tired of you just ripping your clothes off and still acting the same way. 
I'm tired of you going, ah, oh, and then still uh, lusting and, 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 and being committed uh, adultery and anger and all this stuff. He goes, rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord. I believe this is a call to America. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and uh, great kindness. Keep, keep going. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. Do you see this little foreshadow? If we, sound, if we take heed to the sound of the alarm, if we do what the alarm is calling us to do, look what it says. He'll leave a blessing behind, a grain offering, a drink offering for the Lord your God. A couple of verses more. Watch this. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Here's this word again. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly or a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. This is what the instruction when the alarm was sounded. And gather the children and nursing babes. Look at this last verse. Let the bridegroom go out of his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. In other words, we are the bride of Christ. It's time to stop being shut in. And it's time to prepare and get ready and meet the, the bridegroom king. Okay. Now, why do I say this? Because there are so many things that are going on in this nation. Uh, this horrific shooting that just happened just last week, absolutely terrifying. Ma many of you know, and your heart is still gripped of that. But the goal of the enemy is saying, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And we're going to give in to that. But I believe God has been sounding an alarm for a long time. The church has just not heard it. But now he's sounding the alarm and he's allowing us to see certain things. And he's saying, listen to the alarm. Because God wants us first to listen to the alarm, respond to the alarm as a church. But he also wants us to be an alarm. It doesn't mean that by being an alarm, you are standing on a chair condemning people to hell. That is not what the alarm is about. The alarm is to alert people to wake up. I, I got a couple of definitions. Just listen, listen. I, the church is a sleeping giant. Sleeping giant. If the church realizes the power that she has and the voice that she has, and realizes that there have been alarm sounding. I'm going to give you a, a couple of definitions of an alarm, okay? So watch this first slide. The, the, uh, I looked up the natural definition of alarm. You're going to shout, okay? This is Webster Dictionary. There, I mean, I'm like, come on, Webster Dictionary. You got the Holy Ghost there. Watch this. Webster Dictionary defines an alarm. A sound of approaching danger. That's when you hear an alarm. An urgent summons. A signal for attention. And those who've been lazy, those who've been slacking, alarm says, attention, right? Watch this. A warning. Listen to this. A shout or signal to arise. A shout or signal to arise. You say, arise in what? Many of us need to arise in at least one area. Maybe it's in your Bible reading. Maybe you love God, but you haven't read the Bible in, in, consistently in years. Maybe the only time you hear the word is when you come to church. The Lord says it's time to arise, and I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to give you a couple of things that God uh, to do in times of crisis. But maybe, maybe uh, our time to arise means arising and fixing what is wrong. Maybe, maybe is being something that you are called to do that you have delayed for a long time. Now, now watch this. Now watch this. 
there's physical reasons for, cause, for sounding an alarm. I just gave you the definitions. Now I'm going to give you the physical reasons. Put that slide up there. This is powerful. Now, first, remember, physical sometimes explains the spiritual, okay, and vice versa. There's a, that's why Jesus gave these physical parables, watch this, to, to explain a spiritual truth. You hear me? There's physical reasons for sounding the alarm, and I want you to take notes. I'm not going to be long this morning, but I want to encourage you because today we are going to sound an alarm in, in our nation, in our church. The first reason, you ready? The first reason for sounding a physical alarm, physical alarm, ready, is when a rule or law is violated. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to preach here. When a rule or law is violated or when there is an interruption of normalcy. Okay, when there's a rule or law broken, there is an alarm that sounded, or when there's an interruption of normalcy. Some of you, you hear it all the time, because when you're going, you're listening to music, and you're in your car, and the law says 45, and you're going 75, all of a sudden you hear, boop, boop. That's the sound of the police. Right? You're going to 75, you listen to music, you're in a 45-mile zone, you just broke the law. A siren happens whenever you break the law if you get caught. You're going 75 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. What happens? You hear an alarm. Why? Because you just broke the law. Watch this. I'm going somewhere with this. You broke the law or something that was normal has has become abnormal. And then an alarm is sound. Alarm is always sounding when there's a breaking of something that should be normal. When there is a normal temperature and all of a sudden there's a storm and thunderstorm coming, you hear a, right, from the emergency broadcasting system. Watch this, watch this. All of us have smartphones now, and I know sometimes it's an irritating noise, but what happens when someone is kidnapped? What, what, what? You're just chilling out eating some arroco gandules. And all of a sudden in your phone, in your phone you hear, and you're like. It says Amber Alert, Amber Alert, child kidnapped. For at least a couple seconds, it makes you look at what's happening. But now watch this, I'm going to transition. But if we could be honest with ourselves, most of the time when the Amber Alert happens, we just shut it off. Listen to this. Listen to this. I believe that's a picture sometimes of what the church is doing. When God is trying to sound an alarm to wake the church up, we hit the snooze button. Now watch this. And I just, and I just got ahead of myself. So that means when God is sounding an alarm, spiritually that means something that was normal has become abnormal. When God is sounding an alarm through scripture, that means, hey, guys, blow the trumpet. Something is not right. People that are naming the the, the name of God are no longer standing in truth. They're being swayed by society. Sound the alarm. Bring them back. There's a voice that needs to be up. There needs to be holiness again. Wait a minute. What does my church look like? Get them together. Sound an alarm. This is not the way it should be. 
Well, that's old school preaching. We've gone so far from the biblical truth because of culture. Listen, listen, we've become so relevant to the culture that we've become irrelevant to the kingdom. Churches have become relevant to the culture. I, don't, I, I believe in still being the power of the Holy Ghost and still be trendy, but don't let your trendiness overshadow and keep you silent and talking about things that you know may offend maybe some people. We've become so relevant to the culture. We can't say this now. We can't say she anymore. We can't say he anymore. Are you kidding me? God created them male and female. Are you kidding? But, but here's what I'm saying. The church, and half of the church sometimes just doesn't want to make any noise. We, be, we become peacekeepers instead of peacemakers. Peacekeepers will compromise truth to get a false sense of peace. Peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, for they shall be called the sons of God, will make peace and not compromise truth so that real peace could be established. Let me give you an example. You're in a dinner table, you're in a dinner, you're in a dinner table, and, and, and a topic is, 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 uh, is, is brought up in that family gathering, and it's a big family gathering. And then you got people that are not saved, or friends, this is, this is friends, right? And they say, well, what do, you th- what do you think about this type of lifestyle? whether it's fornication and stuff. And you know something's clearly not in the Bible. Most of the time, we're like, well, you know, you know, it's not for me to judge, right? I don't have time to break down the scripture in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to do that maybe in a couple months from now. But as a church, right, we have misquoted scriptures or misinterpreted scriptures to get our own like. In other words, we say, the Bible says, judge not that you may not be judged, right? That's true. But if you look at it intently in the Greek, it means don't judge with fault finding. Like, don't judge because you already have an issue with the person. But the Bible says, Corinthians, we get to judge our brothers. The Bible in Corinthians says, if any of you that is called a brother, that means a believer, if any of you call, Paul said, and there is sexual immorality, don't even eat with them. For watch this, for watch this. Let, that, let that, that, that sting hit them for just a little bit. And listen, give such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. What's the reason? So that they could come back to the Lord in the last day. In other words, in other words, if we did half of what Paul said in our reveling culture, we'll be called heretics, hateful people. And this is not a message of hate. It's a message of waking up back to biblical, original standards. So watch this. So watch this. The second reason why an alarm is sounded, the second reason, physical, is to become alert of some incoming danger. If we're in this building or another building, God forbid, smoke started happening, or you're sleeping, and there's a fire There's, thank God, there's detectors that if they work well, they will save your life. Why? Because they will sound an alarm. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're sleeping. There's smoke. Smoke detector goes beep, 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 beep. What does that alert you to do? Get up and get out. So when an alarm is sounding, it's actually good. Because what it's saying is something is not normal. 
Something is not normal. Something is not right. Smoke detectors are going off. You're not, you're not going to be like, oh, it's, a, it's no big deal. You know, it's just it's going to go away soon. That's what the church does. Listen, by, by being silent, we've already made a choice. I'm not saying that you got to be mean. Please don't, please don't misunderstand me. I think the church needs to understand the difference between selfish revenge and righteous justice. There's a fine line. The Lord says, listen, that was good. That was good. That wasn't in my notes. The difference between seeking revenge and justice. We want justice, right, to be done. But let the Lord do it. We will be the voice. We will be the voice. Let God do the rest. We will be the voice. Let God do the rest. All right? One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. Right? Right? Our job, I'm gonna, here, here's your job when it comes to sounding alarm. Planting and sowing. Sorry, planting and watering. You keep planting. You keep watering. You keep standing up for truth, Bible truth. Not culture truth. Bible truth. The third reason for sounding alarm, I just said, I said it all over this sermon. Look at it. The third reason, watch this, to wake up out of sleep. To wake up out of sleep. Most of you today had an alarm to wake you up. And then some of us, because we're tired, we do this. Hey, I'm talking to myself sometimes, all right? So I'm not just, I'm not. But let's talk spiritually about this, right? When you need a little bit more rest, you go, or, sorry, sorry. It's not, it's not going to break. It's like steel or something. But I, 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 when I want some extra, I'll go like that to the snooze button. But here's the thing. An alarm, there's two, two, two main responses to an alarm, really, when you're sleeping, right? Either you wake up or you hit the snooze button. Right? And I think spiritually, a lot of Christians have been hitting the snooze button for a long time that we're comfortable with sleeping. We're comfortable. Do you know that the Lord showed me something? And I don't have time because I didn't, I didn't give it to the, our media team. Do you know in the, in the, in the parable, oh, this is so powerful, in the parable of the, of the tares and the wheat, do you guys remember that? Where, where, where Jesus was like, hey, listen, the tares will come up, but the, the, the wheat uh, will come at the same time, the good wheat, and they're so close together that they have to grow together or else if you pluck it before, you get the wheat. But what he was saying is that there is a seed of the enemy with growing at the same time that the wheat is. But here's a revelation. I haven't read this in years. I just read it again. It says, while they were sleeping. While they were sleeping, the Bible says the enemy came and sowed tares. Oh, come on. Read your Bible. It's there. I don't give, I'm not giving you the verses, but it's there. While they were sleeping, the enemy sowed tares. Can I say this? If we keep hitting, hitting the snooze button spiritually over our nation, if we keep hitting the snooze button spiritually over biblical standards and say, well, I just don't want to talk about that. Because I don't want to cause drama. Right? I'm not talking about, uh, uh, again, being me. I'm talking about just casual conversation. Do you avoid conversations that have to deal with you standing up for truth? Now, if you're here and you say, well, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I lovingly tell you, read your Bible. 
Just because you don't believe in something that it's not from God doesn't mean that that's true. We have based our, our truth based on what we believe. Well, truth is not based on what we believe. I say it all the time. If I don't believe in gravity, just push me off this building, and pretty soon I will believe in gravity. Okay, I guess you're right. I guess you're right, you know. Right? I could just be staunch and say, well, I just don't feel that's, that's, I think we've evolved. You know how many talk shows have had Christian men and women on there? And they give the opportunity, is Jesus the only way? Because of the pressure, because of the culture. Well, you know, who am I? Who am I? Just, and I'm, not, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just telling you what I've seen in the past. You have an opportunity to sound the alarm. Is Jesus the only way? Well, who am I? You know, who am I? Yes, he's the only way. Yeah, he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can get to the Father except through him. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I believe that. You don't have to change someone's belief, but stand firm. Don't be swayed. That's what the alarm is. But So the alarm is either we wake up or we hit the snooze button. Now, I don't know if you remember John Paul Jackson. I'm going to say this real quick. If you guys remember Paul, John Paul Jackson, he had several prophetic dreams before he passed away. And he said that there was four major things that the Lord showed him. Um, when I was reviewing my notes, I saw this. Um, four major things that the Lord uh, wants the church to do during times of crisis or when he is sounding an alarm, okay, to the church. Because remember, the alarm first is not to the world. It's to the church. Hello? The alarm that God is sounding is for us in this room. Please hear what I'm about to say and don't get offended at me. It's okay to have an introvert personality or a charismatic personality like mine. God gave you those. What is not okay is to let is to to make your personality as an excuse to not take action in some areas of your life. So don't use your introvert personality that God gave you as an excuse to be passive about biblical truth. Well, well, Pat, you know, well, so-and-so, you're in a table, you're eating, you're drinking coffee. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Well, what, what, do you, what do you think about? What do you think about this? I mean, like all this, you know, gender confusion. You know, what do you, what do you think about? Because that's a hot topic right now. That's an elephant in a room, right? Unfortunately, most Christians, well, I mean, I, you know, it's just, you know, they're, 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 just, they're just crazy. How about saying, that's wrong, <laughs> How about saying this is what the Bible says, right? Now, four things that uh, we need to do when God is sounding an alarm. Number one, all right, it's, it's not going to be on your screen, but I'm going to say this. Returning to knowing God intimately. Intimately. I found a scripture in uh, Jeremiah 24 that, that I haven't read in a while, and I want to share it with you. Are you getting something this morning? This is a little bit different this morning, okay? Okay. Uh, Jeremiah 24, because I want us to hear the alarm, and I feel in my spirit, I feel in my spirit, and I'm going to get in my head of myself because this is one of my last points, but I believe the result, everybody say the result, of sounding an alarm is uh, uh, something great will happen, what I'm, I'm not going to say, but something great will happen in the body of Christ and in your life. So look at Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 5 through 7, look at what it says, this is powerful, um, when I was reading this, I was like, man, look at the Lord's heart. I want you to see the Lord's heart in this, okay? 
So this is Old Testament, and again, this is during time of Babylonian captivities, right before it, all these things, right? Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, like these, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge those who are carried away captive from Judah. All right? There he's saying, I'm going to acknowledge those who are bound and got captive and went to Judah, right? From Judah. Whom I have sent out of this place of, uh, for their own good into the land of the Chaldeans. That's a whole other, why, why, okay? For I will set my eyes on them for good. And I will bring them back to this land. This is the Lord speaking. And I will build them and not pull them down. And I will plant them and not pluck them up. This is for somebody this morning. I will build them, listen, and I will plant them. And I will not desert them. Then I will give them a heart to know me. I'm, look at the zeal of the Lord. Look at the heart of the Lord for his people to know him. I'm going to give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. God is sounding alarm. One of the, one of the, one of the things that, that happens when he sounds the alarm is he's calling people back to intimacy with him. He says, gather them. I want to know them. I want to spend time with them. I, I want to put a heart that they know me. One of the greatest things that God ever wants from his people is intimacy. Other than holiness, it's intimacy. It's partnership. Paul the apostle said, look, I have all these accolades, and I'm paraphrasing. I wrote two-thirds of the New Testament under the power of the Holy Spirit, yet I say all things are like dung. You know what dung means? They're all like dung. In the, in the King James Version. In the, in, the, in the New King James, it's rubbish. That's what it says. It's, I count as old as rubbish. I feel like, like speaking in a, in a British accent. Rubbish, watch this. That I may know him. Wait, 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 wait. Continue. Continue. And the fellowship of his sufferings. To know him is to know his sufferings. What is his sufferings? What makes him, what makes his heart suffer? What makes his heart happy? Right? So it's a call to return back to intimacy. Say intimacy. This is not powerful. The second thing that, uh, that uh, John Paul Jackson heard in a, in, a, in a prophetic dream when an alarm is sounded uh, during crisis is to learn how to contend for the faith again. That's number two. Learn how to contend. Everybody say contend. If you've been here in this series that I just, I just finished, I talked about one of the reasons why the Lord left the enemy alive was to teach the people of Israel that were not experienced in battle how to battle and how to fight. The wilderness teaches you how to fight, and sometimes he keeps the enemy around just so he could train you. Now, what does the word contend mean? Anybody, anybody know? Contend means to compete, to wrestle, almost to fight for something. If you're contending... For your kid, you're fighting, you're standing up for your kid. If you're contending for truth in the schools and curriculum in the schools, you're, making, you're being a voice to contend for truth. Okay? If you are contending for family unity, you're not going to be passive in talking to your kids and your spouse about that family unity that you want. Now watch this. Everybody say, watch this. Turn to someone and say, this is going to be good. Jude chapter 1. Everybody say, hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. 
Don't be afraid. <laughs> Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. I, I mean, most people don't know where Jude is. It's in the New, it's the New Testament, guys. Real, real far. Right before Revelation. There's only one chapter. What? This, like, listen, this was, written, this was written hundreds of years ago. But look how relevant it is today. This scripture. Are you ready? No, 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 listen, listen. This is before the internet. This is before all this stuff. Look at, look at what the book of Jude said the problem was in Christians in that day, before pornography, before internet, before drugs. Look what Jude says. Are you ready? Are you getting something? Here it goes, Jude chapter 1. Beloved. Listen, listen. While I was very diligent to write you to you concerning the common salvation, I found it necessary. He was observing the church. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, watch this, which once was, all, once was for all delivered to the saints. In other words, what he's saying is contend for the faith. He's saying the faith, the faith in God is, is losing its grip in back in those days. Like there's certain, but, but why? But why? Watch this. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. For certain men or people have crept in unnoticed in our nation who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn, watch this, who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. People have crept in, listen, into our nation, into our churches, into our families, into our sphere of friendship, right? And have turned the grace of God into what I call sloppy grace. That's what lewdness is. I'm just giving you the PGV version, right? That's Pastor George version, those of you who don't know. Now watch this. Jude wrote this hundreds and hundreds of years ago in his culture and day, and he's warning the church, guys, we need to contend for the faith again because it's losing its grip in the church. We need to stand up for truth again. And now, 2,000 years later, we find ourselves in a very predicament time in our nation where the church is supposed to be the greatest voice. The voice of reconciliation, the voice of healing. When all these people, when this tragedy happened, one of the things that I prayed, I was like, Lord, I pray the church is there somewhere. I pray that they come and they start praying for these families. I pray that they start looking at these things that are happening in, the, in, in, in that region and say, how can I be a light? It's contending for the faith. We, we, we don't know our enemy anymore. One of the great, if you've been in the military, who's been in the military before? Who's been in the military? All right. Wow, a lot of people. One of the things they train you, correct me if I'm wrong, is how to know enemy territory. Reconnaissance, is that what they call it? Recon. It, it, but but I, I just watched, I know this sounds funny, but I just watched, uh, it was such a good movie, uh, the uh, the. Top Gun, Maverick, Top Gun, right, in the, in, the, in the movie. So it's like the Top Gun from like 20 years ago, this is part two. 
And you know what? There was a scene in the movie that they were rehearsing over and over again how to get into enemy territory. But they, re- they knew the enemy's plans. They knew where the rocket ships were. They knew where the sensors were. They still had to fly very low, right? Very low. What happened? <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, okay. Okay, some people haven't seen the movie, but... <laughs> I'm sounding an alarm, girl. I don't care. No. <laughs> My point, I'm not going to ruin it, but, but they spent a lot of time studying the enemy's tactics so that when real life war came, they knew where the enemy was going to be. I believe we've lost as a church to some degree contending for the faith. Stand up. Come on. St- stand up for the faith. Don't let the culture sway you from, from speaking up. Well, you say this, well, I just don't want to get persecuted. I'm going to get a lot of inboxes. You know, uh, there's, there was one of, my, uh, one of our spiritual daughters here that they told me recently that they just posted something on their heart. And they posted something about holiness and about, you know, the dangers of secular music, right? She said, Pastor, I got inboxes from so many mad Christians. And I understand that that could come across judgmental, all right? But what she was basically saying is, look, this was a stronghold in her life at one time. And worldly music um, doesn't have to have curse. What I'm saying is not all worldly music is going to bring you, you know, down. I, I, I know that. But what she was saying is the culture, the slackness of Christians, Right? There's this slackness of Christians like, ah, it's okay. And then you hear this, you know, song that has like one, you know, F-bomb or, or, or whatever. And it doesn't bother us. What the problem is, does it not convict us anymore, the things that used to convict us? I used to say this. Uh, I was talking to Chris. He's, he's on vacation. He said, uh, he said, when I was in the youth group, when I was his youth pastor, he goes, one of the things that you share with me that shook me to the core, he said, to, to this day, it's one of my uh, scariest scriptures, right? And again, we have to bring a balance. We are in the New Testament, but it's a principle that I'm trying to share, okay? He said years ago when you were talking about Samson, and Samson, you know, he was just doing his thing. The alarm was sounding. The alarm was sounding. And Samson was like, I got this. Come on, girl. Come over here, girl. Uh, don't do that with that person. She's going to bring you down. Prophet said it. The alarmist said it. God said it. It's okay. I'm good. Tied him up. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. See, God, I'm okay. God says, don't do it. He came in. This is where he told me the scary scripture. And, of course, revealed the secret. That Delilah tied him up, shaved his hair, and that he couldn't get out. You know the story, right? Some of you know. They bore his eyes out and became blind for the rest of his life. But watch this. This is, this is, the, this is the, 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 the scripture that he said that, that put the fear of the Lord in him when he was a youth in my youth group. He said the Bible says that he tried to get out. Now watch this. This is a principle, so don't misquote this. And he did not know that the spirit of the Lord left him. Ah, this is okay. I could dabble with this. Alarm sounding, alarm sounding, alarm sounding, alarm sounding, alarm sounding. It's okay. I love Delilah. I'm lonely. I got to do this. God's going to forgive me. God did forgive him, but he had to pay the consequence. The principle is this. He thought, God is okay with everything I do. And the scariest thing is the Bible says, Samson, that mighty word, did not know that the Holy Spirit had departed from him. Now, in the New Testament, 
we have the Holy Spirit, and he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But we could definitely, we could definitely repel the Spirit of God to the point where we no longer are operating in fullness of God because of the things that we do. And so God is sounding an alarm. Say an alarm. The third thing that happens when we sound the alarm, watch this, is return to the love of God's word. Return when sounding, when the, first, the third thing that the church must do when he sounds an alarm is position ourselves to return to knowing the Lord intimately, to contend for the faith, and return. These are prophetic dreams that was given to him before he died. Return to loving God's word. Everybody say loving God's word. Now, I love the Passion Translation. You guys getting something this morning? The Passion Translation says in Psalm 119, you could write it down in your notes, uh, verse 9, look at this, is interesting. 9-11. What does 9-11, mean in America? Come on, shout it out to me. Come on, shout it out. Shout it out louder. 9-11 means emergency. So here's the emergency recipe from God. Ready? Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Are you ready? In the, in the Passion Translation. This is boop, 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 boop. How can a young man stay pure? Only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. Young people, you want to be pure? You struggle with purity? Get in the word. Let it consume you. Let it consume you. Let it convict you. Get accountability partners that people that know the word that say, no, no, sir, no, no, girl. We're going to do this together. I have longed for you with the passion of my heart. Don't let me stray from your directions. Look at this. Here it goes. Watch this. I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure. Uh, And that's, by, by the way, other translation says your word. So, I consider your word, your prophetic word, to be my greatest treasure, and I memorize. (laughs) We've lost the art of memorizing scripture. Remember when some of us were younger, we had like these little cards, and we would memorize scripture? That's a discipline to get you to know the word. Listen, I memorize them and write them on my heart to keep me from committing sin's treason against you. The good old-fashioned way to read that, the New King James, is hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. That's the, same, that's the same scripture there. But the Passion Translation says, I have longed for your word like a treasure, and I hide it in my heart. And I can be honest with you, sometimes that's something that I need to, we all need to shake ourselves and say, God, whatever is making, making room for this, give me a desire of your heart. Listen, it's okay to be transparent with the Lord and, and say where you're at, okay? Because a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I know I'm not supposed to say this, so I, yes, I do love the Lord. No, you could, you could just say, I don't want to read your Bible today. I was reading the other day, and I'm like, Lord, this is me sometimes. And he said, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you heal this, my, my, my daughter, my son? Well, if you have faith, all things are possible to believe. And then that man goes, I believe, but help my unbelief. So it's okay to say, God, I don't believe right now. Could you help me? Lord, I don't have a desire for your word. Why do I not have a desire? So ask yourself a question. You don't have to answer. When you first got saved and you loved the word, what was around your life that made you love the, the word so much? And what is in your life or, or not in your life now? Or what has happened now that has made the word not desirable to you? Is it your busy schedule? So, listen, you could actually answer the question yourself. Come on, let's talk about it. Is it your busy schedule? 
Is it your uh, lack of uh, discipline? Is it uh, because you no longer uh, have the things that you had in your life? Is it because you had some sort of hurt? People that go through hurt and offense and pain find the Bible really difficult to read at times. Because we have a misplaced anger sometimes with God, right? And so return to the Lord, uh, uh, to the word of the Lord, right? And, and that is the TBT. And lastly, the fourth thing he said during a time of crisis is declare a solemn assembly of prayer meetings, fasting, excuse me, fasting and repenting. I believe that prayer meetings should be packed in America in all churches. But if I could be honest with you, many will not because we keep hitting the snooze button. The alarm is sounding now. It's sounding now, and he's calling us to fast and pray. He's calling us to fast and pray. Well, that's inconvenience. Yes, Christian life is going to be inconvenience. It's not going to be. We've sold a lie to people that when they come to Jesus, they'll never have any inconvenience for the rest of their life. It's costly. It costs everything, right? But it's joyful when you do it in obedience. I want to sound an alarm for RCC to go deeper in prayer and fasting. I want to sound the alarm today for, the, for our nation, for our church to start saying, you know what, I'm going to show up on Tuesday nights, even if it's once a month. To la- this past Tuesday, there was about 15, 20 people there. And I don't know if this gentleman is here or not, but I was, I was praying and I said, listen, to honor the signs, we pray every time. We changed our signs out there and on 441 and facing that way, it used to say just prayer nights. Now it says prayer and healing nights because we pray for the sick every single Tuesday. And so I said, I said, Lord, at the very end, I said, Lord, to honor the signs of prayer and healing. Is there anyone that needs prayer here and healing here? And this one gentleman that was tall stood up back, and I said, what, what do you need? And he said, I have a heart condition. I brought him up. We started praying for him. It's an African-American gentleman, and he's a pastor in Minnesota. And we began to pray, and he started weeping. And we all prayed. We started weeping and declaring healing. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Here, here's what I'm saying. And we, and, we, and we prayed for healing. He started hugging me. And I said, how did you hear about us? And he goes, I was driving by, and I saw your signs. <laughs> true, true story. I saw your signs. And then he told me in front of everyone, he goes, and immediately I told my friend, I'm going in there, and I'm going to get healed. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. He says, and then I also told my friend, I also told my friend, I will be the first one that the pastor calls. And he was the first one that I called. You were there. You were there. We all prayed. And he goes, I saw you online uh, because I wanted to, you know, investigate the church, right? He saw your services. Guys, the man, I believe, re- received healing because we have a culture of prayer. Tuesday nights, I am t- I'm going to be transparent. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm in pain. But I show up. Why? Because I know that without prayer, we can never truly sound the alarm. Biblical sounding of alarm. Biblical. Biblical. The, 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 the number one, if I can say the number one biblical way of sounding alarm is to call a time of fasting and prayer for our nation. But it doesn't seem popular because we want to fix everything. I know it. I'm a fixer. When people are hurting, I want to fix them. And I realize I'm not the Holy Spirit. I want to get back, and the best thing I could do for you is pray for you. What if all of us started lifting up our voice and praying for our nation? 
What if all of us did that and left, left the results up to God and then conviction starts bringing, starts coming and conviction starts coming into the White House and godly people start coming into the White House and our government starts getting people of God. What if that happens? We are so quiet as a church. I'm going to have the, the worship team come up here. The worship team could come up. Oh, glory to God. Everybody say, sound the alarm. An alarm was sounded in Joel's day because an entire generation of God's people were naming the name of God without walking in the ways of God. And that's why an alarm sounded, okay? And so I'm going to give you, lastly, the results of the alarm. I gave you what to do when you sound the alarm, but I'm going to give you spiritual results. Everybody say results. So there's probably more, but I'm going to give you three main results when we sound an alarm in our personal life. And in as a church together, okay? Three, everybody say three. three. Results from sounding an alarm. Actually, two. I'm going to give you two. I said three, but it's really two. All right? So put that up there. Two, two main results of sounding an alarm. I want you to write this down. Number one, this is so good, and I'm going to prove it to you. A great spiritual awakening. That deserved more amens. When you... Hear the alarm that God is speaking to you. And stop hitting the snooze button. You know what the snooze button is in Christendom? Is keep compromising. Keep doing it. God's grace. God's going to forgive me. Remember, remember uh, Jude? They turned the grace of God into lewdness. Listen, the alarm that you receive is, okay, Lord, I'm going to make some adjustments with the power of your Holy Spirit. And I'm going to trust you with all my heart so I won't yield to these areas again. But do you hear the alarm? Do you hear the alarm? Do you respond to the alarm or are you hitting the snooze button? What is God saying to you? Come on, what is God saying to you that you keep hitting the snooze button? Oh, that's good. What is God saying to you that you keep muting him about? Glory to God. Watch this. Now watch this. Remember the first, the first scripture that I wrote? This is so, that, I mean I wrote that I read. Everybody says, God is going to pour our spirit. So what was the first scripture I read, right? Return to me, fasting, weeping, and mourning, right? Joel chapter 2, right? You, you follow me, right? You, you don't stop there, though. If you do these things, watch. Joel chapter 2, we're going to go there. If you take heed to the alarm, if we position ourselves in fasting and prayer, maybe you need to turn to your family and say, when's the last time we fasted? When's the last time we, we prayed, really? contended really instead of I'm just so tired God you just do it my wife preached a couple a couple weeks ago she said courage are the people that are afraid but they do it anyways be tired and do it anyways be tired and pray anyways so watch this everybody say great spiritual awakening when does a great spiritual awakening come when we take heed to the sound of the alarm, watch this, and as a church, this is, this is a curse word in some people's lives, and people don't like me when I say this word, but we as a church repent. So some of you are like, there he goes again. He's not talking about the love of God. No, repentance and love are, are synonymous. Because I love God, I want to repent of my wrongdoing, Right? It's not God beating me up. It's like there's areas in my life that I'm falling short and I'm repenting of it. Watch this. When the church repents for its passivity, 
When the church repents, the congregation, us, me included, of being silent and, and submitting to fear, when the church repents from giving into compromise, God says, okay, you're a clean slate. Now watch this. When we turn to him and we say, God, I hurt you, and I repent, and I position myself again, I'm hearing the alarm. You know what's going to happen? Watch verse 28. Oh, this is so good. Same chapter, chapter uh, 2 of Joel. It's not just doom and gloom. Same chapter. Then. Everybody say then. Come on, everybody say then. After doing all those things. What are those things? Fasting, weeping, mourning, sounding an alarm, taking heed. After doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. This is in the the PT version, the the, uh, TPT version. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Listen to this. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Oh, man. Then after you do these things, I will pour out my spirit. The first result of taking heed to the sound of the spiritual alarm is a great awakening. It's a great awakening in the church The great awakening from straying away from being lukewarm. There's going to be a great awakening in the church from passivity. There's going to be a great awakening in the church for not being involved. Suddenly they're going to start putting their hands to the plow. Suddenly they're going to leave their hurt behind and say, I'm here to serve. Suddenly they're going to say to the Lord, send me, Lord, here I am. Suddenly there's going to be a rise in purity. Suddenly there's going to be a rise in holiness. When we sound the alarm and we pray... And God will do it. There was a time in this Tuesday's prayer meeting where it felt like a devotion, and I closed my eyes, and I see pockets. I hear pockets of weeping, weeping. Why? God is gripping hearts. There's no way that our hearts can be gripped unless we come and turn back to the Lord. And all, listen, with all of our hearts. My God, what would happen if just the, the, the maybe 80 or 100 people here this morning will get gripped by God and say, Honey, or, or whoever you're, you're sitting with or in your heart, I am going to make an effort to be all in. But, you, but listen, I have news for you. You can't just do it by yourself. That's why God called the gathering. He said, Call the people. He didn't say, Go and do it all by yourself. He said, Call everyone together. And let's wait, watch this, watch this. Great spiritual awakening. And I saw something. Again, I, when I read this, I'm like, I, I saw something that I haven't seen for years. Do you guys remember, again, this is not scripture. Do you guys remember, but look it up, look it up. The story of Peter when he was uh, imprisoned. Remember the Bible says that the church prayed, right? And an angel came. But you read that very well. Because I, I, I read it the other day and I was like, oh my gosh. Do you know... The angel of the Lord could have broke the chains off of Peter when he was asleep. But the Bible says that the angel poked him and he woke up. The Bible says when he was awake, his chains fell off. Oh, come on. You just missed what I said. 
the angel could have said, you know what? The prayers of the saints are here. I'm the mighty angel. He could do whatever he wants. He could have snapped his finger while he was asleep. He could have snapped his fingers and broke off the chains and then said, Peter, wake up. He was still in chains when the angel came. But the angel woke him up. And the Bible says, when he was awake, his chains fell off. When you have a spiritual awakening, that's when bondage and chains will start breaking off of your life. You won't tolerate the things anymore. You say, no, 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 no. I'm going to get the fire of God back in my life. No, no, no. I'm going to get intercession. I used to pray. I used to be a prayer warrior, and then I got hurt. I used to be involved in church, and now I don't want to be involved in church. When you sound an alarm and you hear the alarm, there's going to be a great awakening. God is waiting to power his spirit. Why? Because a whole world groans for the revealing and the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. The elephants are going, where are the children of God? The palm trees are going, I can't wait till the sons and daughters of God arise. Whole creation. Whole creation are going, when are they going to rise? I don't know. The bears are going, when when are the sons of God going to rise? All of creation is groaning. Groaning for us to wake up. So much power in you. We could change our whole city, just the people in this room. I mean, I'm talking about if we all get on our, on our knees and say, forget our idols, forget our things, forget the past. Forget the past. It's a new day. But you don't know how much I sinned. You don't know how much it hurt me. Repent, ask for forgiveness, and ask God to heal you. Move forward. Don't look at the rearview mirror anymore. If you continue reading Philippians 3, you know what Paul said after he said that I may know him and the fellowship of suffering? He says, I have not come and I have not arrived. But one thing I do, leave the past behind me. And I look forward and I press forward to the prize of the upward call of God. That was for somebody. That was not in my nose. Some of you need to leave your past behind in order for you to arise. Leave it. Let it go. It's it's condemning you. But when you wake up, those chains are going to fall off of you. Now watch this. I'm ending with this. Everybody say, be a voice. Everybody say, be a voice. Because the second thing, put it up there. This is the last point. The last thing that the, 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 the Lord will do, the result of sounding alarm, is God's people will break their silence and be a voice. So the first thing that happens when we take heed to the alarm, the chains break. Watch this. Addictions break. Patterns break. For one main reason. So you could be a voice again. So you could be a voice again. Watch this. So you could have a voice. So you could roar again. Because things have shut you up. God, watch this. Watch this. I say this all the time. Bartimaeus was blind, but he didn't have a hearing problem. Glory to God. When he heard Jesus was passing by, you know what he did? He broke his silence. But it was the church that told him to be quiet. 
the church, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, be quiet. Don't you know that's not protocol? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you know why the enemy wants to keep you silent? I'm going to close with this. Because your voice, everybody say my voice, has power to shut Satan up. That was five people. Okay, I'm going to prove it to you. Last verse. Last verse. Maybe you're just getting convicted. I don't know. Look at Psalm chapter 8, and I'm closing with this. Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. the version that I gave you. Watch this, guys. Are you ready to shout? Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Watch this. Your glorious majesty streams from heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. Now watch this. It gets good. Watch this. Everybody say, it's time to speak. Come on. It's it's time to be a voice. Wait, before you read that, keep that up there. The book of Ecclesiastes said there's a time to be silent, there's a time to speak. When an alarm sounds, it's time to be a voice as a church. The voice of the church. Watch this. You have built a stronghold by the songs. He's talking to God. You have built stronghold by the songs of babies or, or children. Wow, that's so prophetic what's happened here in our nation. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. Are you ready to shout? Everybody read this with me. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the enemy. Childlike worship will silence the enemy. What's lacking in some of you that needed a, 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 a... a rise in your spirit, it's that your worship and your voice has been silenced. But today, I want to call a time that we cry out to God together. I want to try, I want to call a time that the church right now, however it feels to you, I'm not going to even have an altar call, but I'm going to ask everyone to stand up right now. Come on. I want to have everyone to stand up, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to have a call for sounding alarm. I'm going to sound the alarm today at Remnant Christian Center, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask that all of you engage and lift up your voice as we pray and we sing. We're going to sing this one song. But if there's an area in your life where God has been sounding an alarm in your life and you keep hitting that snooze button, the Lord today wants to bring an alarm and a a response back to your life. He wants to get to you to a place, church, that we are here. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Lift up your voice. And I want you to take heed to the voice that God is saying. Because the result of sounding the alarm is this, a great spiritual awakening. And number two, your voice will become back to you. Some of you have lost your voice in the spirit realm. But God wants you to bring that boldness back up. Come on. Take heed to the sound of the alarm. But how do you take heed? With fasting, weeping, and mourning. As we worship, I want to ask God, I want you to examine yourself. And I want you to come and just lay everything today at the altar, at the feet of Jesus. And we're going to cry out for a move of God in our nation and in our hearts. Come on. Lift up your hands all over this room. Come on. All over this room. Come on. That's right. You provide the fire. And I'll be the sacrifice. Come on. Come on. Sound the alarm today. Sound the alarm. 
Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.